and welcome to the hashtag furlough fitness soundbite series the series where brains meets brawn to bring ideas and theory together with the world of sport and mental health for a series of thought-provoking musings in this episode we explore living life under lockdown now it seems at the moment like our worlds have become a whole lot smaller as we find ourselves confined for the majority of the day to our homes with only limited time further afield for exercise or shopping for essentials in this episode, we look at some of the psychology behind the effects of isolation on the human psyche and also its physiological effects. And following the theme of this series, we dive into the world of sport and adventure to see what we can learn from those who undergo some of the most extreme isolated conditions, including the likes of astronauts and Arctic explorers. With the timeline and lockdown currently still up in the air, it feels like now is the time to take check of ourselves. By week two in isolation, many agree that this is the time where we can start to feel a li little demotivated or disillusioned with the situation we find ourselves in. This episode looks to equip you with some practical tips and to take back your sense of control that can make you feel more empowered or at one with our circumstances. So, to kick off, let's take a moment to understand what effect such an uncertain period of time can have on our own behaviour. In a recent article from Psychology Today, it highlights that faced with such a series of events, quite possibly something that we've only seen before in movies, well it can capture both our fears and can lead to our imaginations to run wild. And the sense of unknown and fear we feel can make us act irrationally as we try to grasp and process what's happening. Equally, worries about contamination and the spread of the virus can make us default to assume the worst in others, the feeling that others don't care about what's happening when they seem to flaunt the rules. So the first check really is to realise the effect this series of events has on each of us individually and in turn appreciating what others are going through too. This can help us to get a sense of control in ourselves to how we process and react during this period. Perhaps we don't agree wholly with what others are doing or saying, but at least we can appreciate that their irrational actions may be a shortcoming of our own psyche when we feel a lack of control. Something we touched on in episode one from the learnings of state philosophy about how we can learn to control the controllables and uncontrollables in our lives. So now let's turn our attention to how isolation and lockdown can affect us. Now I think we're all quite aware of the direct impact self-isolation is having. A lack of human contact can make us feel lonely. More time on our hands can lead to boredom. And a sense of uncertainty can leave us feeling anxious. I was intrigued to know what the actual effect on our physiology this might have as someone who likes to keep active and my mind occupied. Now a headline statistic that certainly stood out for me looking into this subject comes from Henley Taylor of Public Health Washington. His study into the effect of self-isolation, predominantly in older adults, stressed that the mortality effect of social isolation is like smoking 15 cigarettes per day. Now, without the full background of this shocking figure, I am slightly reserved to give a blanket warning. However, I think it certainly highlights in the extreme what impact self-isolation can have and why it's important to take steps to alleviate the impact we may feel and face. Another interesting point comes from Dr Lucy Atchison, a counselling psychologist. She highlights that we start to miss the micro-lifts that we consciously and subconsciously experience in our usual day-to-day -day lives. Things like treating yourself to a coffee stop at your favourite cafe, or bumping into a colleague for a quick catch-up. It's these mini-events without knowing give us a little lift throughout the day. However, in isolation, these don't come quite as easy or naturally, which over time can leave us to feeling a little deflated. Her advice is that we need to actively create our own micro-lifts throughout the day. Something that generates a sense of achievement that might be a new exercise, learning a new language, talking to someone on FaceTime, or joining a book group online. So it's worth taking a moment to think about what microlifts you can integrate into your life. With the recent sunny weather, one of mine has been taking 10 minutes to have a fresh coffee on the patio. 
Now with the hashtag furlough fitness series, we look at how the world of sport, adventure and endurance can lend us some useful tips, advice and experience from those who go through extremes to push the limits of their bodies and minds. So we start off with looking at how astronauts, who can spend long periods of time literally out of this world and confined to a shuttle or space station, manage to keep their spirits up when experiencing isolation at an extreme level. Scott Kelly, a NASA astronaut who spent a year on the International Space Station, recently spoke with the New York Times, and his top tips that he shared certainly resonated with some of the recent advice we've seen and read to date. Firstly, it's important to have a sense of structure and routine, and most importantly, making a conscious effort to switch off from work. Kelly says, when you're living and working in the same space for days on end, work can have a way of taking over everything if you let it. His advice, pace yourself. Do your work, but know when to walk away. Secondly, take up a new hobby or project or cultivate an old one. With more time on our hands, it's good for your body and mind to keep occupied and productive. During a period like this, it's easy to feel a lack of accomplishment, but it's important that we don't beat ourselves up. An activity like these can be one way to remedy this. And thirdly, make time for video calls to keep up social connections. Now this is a surefire way to positively support your own mental well-being by keeping up with loved ones and friends to avoid a sense of loneliness, especially if you are living alone. And interestingly enough, Kelly admits that this newfound regime was something you actually missed. And he said, when I returned to Earth, I missed the structure it provided and found it hard to live without it. It's a really interesting and perhaps surprising final point he makes. But it certainly does seem hard to imagine that there won't be some permanent or long-lasting impacts to our lives that will continue past this outbreak. Next, we turn our attention to the world of polar exploration. These explorers face some of the toughest conditions on the planet, with days spent out in these treacherous and lonely snowy worlds. Norwegian explorer Erling Kager, who's been described as a philosophical adventurer, offers his thoughts on a recent interview with the Financial Times and what he learned from his own experiences. Kager is a highly accomplished explorer. He was the first person to complete the Three Poles Challenge, racing to the North and South Poles and summiting Everest. His 1992-93 Arctic expedition saw him race 50 days alone and unsupported to the South Pole, travelling over 1,300 kilometres by foot without seeing another person or animal for the duration. His advice is both humble and almost poetic with how to deal with self-isolation. Firstly, focusing on being more mindful, he says, at home, I enjoy large helpings. Down here, I'm learning to value small pleasures, the subtle shades of the snow, the light wind, hot drinks, cloud formations. And I think this is a really simple but sometimes overlooked thing we can all do. For me, I've been making the most of my daily exercise to get some fresh air and importantly, time away from my flat to reset and refresh my mind for the day ahead. And this has seen me enjoying time in Hampstead Heath and the slice of time in nature it offers me. And it's this second point that something Kagura agrees with. He says that the anxiety of self-isolation can find some respite in the comfort of nature. Getting a break from the world that expects us to be always be connected, which in itself can make us feel more anxious or deflated, with time outside is more important than ever when we're confined to the majority of our days to our homes and phones or computers. This rings true when we seem to get a continuous stream of news and social updates that can add to our own worry. Kagatu talks about the day-to-day -day routine he found himself in, which offered a sense of structure and purpose in his expedition. And, with his free time, he would use this for reading, which offered a small escape from his hardship. Plus, he highlights the dual-use books can offer. He says, later, I recirculated the pages I had read as toilet paper. And a final piece of advice is around embracing the simplicity that a situation like this can offer. Although we find ourselves perhaps with limited or restricted choices, whether that's be what we eat or what we do, this can also be freeing. 
There's not the social pressure, for instance, to be seen to be busy during this period. Instead, embrace the joy of missing out with taking time for yourself. And finally, our last insight and learnings comes from the world of cycling, from pro rider Cyrus Monk of Evo Pro Racing. Now, professional cyclists put themselves through a serious level of hard work and hurt, often which involves a lot of time out on the bike, often by themselves. Even at race level, where they're part of a team, there's still a lot of solitary pressure to perform or hold an attack out the front of the peloton. This takes immense mental fortitude and resilience to hold their cool under pressure. From his time in isolation and experience, Monk offers some pragmatic tips for how to cope in this time. Firstly, get out of your house as much as possible. Now obviously abiding with all the rules about time allowed out of your homes, this can be making time to use space in your gardens, balconies or patios for things like yoga or just to take a coffee. Utilising our daily dose of exercise to go a bit further afield is a no-brainer where possible. And with the sunny weather, it's a chance to get some enriching vitamin D. Secondly, try to separate your workspace from your relaxation space. Now for those fortunate enough, this could mean using different rooms for each. For those not so lucky, like myself in a small one-bed flat, this could be more of a headspace thing, by taking your exercise between these periods to help you switch off from your work. And finally, which feels very relevant for Easter weekend coming up, it's around celebrating the end of the week. Perhaps one of my favourite pieces of advice is to make time to treat yourself to celebrate another week down. This could be ordering in, a virtual thirsty Thursday, or just finding something to look forward to. So overall, hopefully you found some of this insightful or useful to build into your own routine during this period to help structure, celebrate and survive your time in isolation. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's episode. If you want to hear more, please do follow hashtag furlough fitness on Spotify or SoundCloud and follow us at, at furlough limbo on Instagram. In the next episode, we will be exploring how this period is motivating new habits, including an uplift in exercise, and we'll turn our attention to what sport and psychology can teach us about how to maintain these new habits as we resume our normal lives.